Well, praise the Lord. Everybody lift your hands up and give him honor. I'm a total surprise up here this morning. Let me just tell you why I'm here. This morning at 9 o'clock, Pastor Sean was preaching a marvelous message. Mine won't be nearly as good, just so you know that up front. It was marvelous, and all of a sudden he got dizzy and kind of had to sit, fall down. So he sat there, the rest of the thing, he moved up to here and finished. So he's being seen by a doctor right now, but we've got a great doctor. His name is Jesus, and we're trusting the Lord to touch him. Amen. So how are you today? Well, let me just share with you. I was over in Winter Haven preaching last Wednesday night and uh, Winter Haven Worship Center. Now it's called Haven Worship Center. And so I spoke out of Proverbs chapter 3, beginning at verse 5. And so I don't think you can beat the message for a situation like this. I have no notes this morning, so it's just going to be us, Jesus, the Word, and we're just going to get in here and see what the Word says. Amen. Proverbs, beginning at verse 5, says, Trust in the Lord with all of your heart. Lean not to your own understanding, but in all of your ways acknowledge him, and he will direct your paths. Honor the, it goes on to say this, depart from evil, do good, it's health to your navel, merit to your bones. Honor the Lord with your substance, the first fruits of all your increase. So shall your barns be filled with plenty, and your presses shall burst out with new wine. I shared this over there Wednesday night, that if it were the last message I was ever going to preach, I don't believe it is, but if it were, I believe this would be my text, and there's a reason for that. I have lived my entire life out of Proverbs chapter 3. And let me tell you what I mean by that. I believe that Proverbs chapter 3, especially verses 5 through 11, are so important in that it gives you your roadmap for life. And what I love about it is every one of the, of the texts from the Old Covenant, it has a counterpart in the New Covenant. And so I am always like that. If you're going to, don't, don't build doctrine out of the Old Testament. Build doctrine from the New Covenant. But if you're reading the Old Covenant, you look for its counterpart in the New Testament, and that's how you establish doctrine. So the first thing that I want uh, to talk to, to you about is the word trust. Now, I believe that this can be proven out scripturally, but I believe trust is a broader word than just faith. And let me tell you what I mean by that. Trust is something, no matter if it's going good, going bad, in between or different, you're just putting your whole trust in the Lord that the time's going to come, it's going to all turn out all right. How many of you got some things you just need to trust the Lord in right now, this morning? It might be a marriage, it might be a child, it might be a physical thing, it might be a financial thing. There's a host of different needs that were represented in the house of the Lord. But he says if we'll trust him, well, Jesus, he used the word in the new covenant, faith. Have faith in God. Trust in the Lord here, the proverb says, but have faith in God. What does that actually mean? Well, Jesus was coming along with his disciples prior to saying this. And uh, he was heading to Jerusalem. And as he came up, he noticed a fig tree afar off. And he thought, well, I'll go see if there's some figs on it and have something. He headed up to it. And when he got there, it was barren, which was actually representative, if you think through it, it was representative of the temple. 
The temple still existed. Jesus was headed to the temple, but the temple was barren. And when Jesus saw that it was barren, he made an example of it, and he spoke to the fig tree. We use the word he cursed the fig tree. That doesn't mean he was cussing, okay? No, he spoke against the fig tree. Actually, that's two ways that you use your faith. Everybody, your first faith is faith towards God. That's how you get saved. That's how you get filled with the Holy Spirit. That's how you're looking for Jesus to come back. That's how you get healed. That's how you get your needs met. Your faith in God. Have faith in God. Can you say amen? But also you use your faith against the enemy. Now you keep it in God, but when you turn it on the enemy, like he says, if a mountain shows up, you're to speak to that mountain. You're using your faith against the mountain that showed up, but you're doing it in the name of Jesus. So your faith is always in God, towards God, or against the enemy. Can you say amen? So he says, trust in him with all of your heart. Now that word heart is interesting in the old covenant. It is often a combination of your spirit and your soul, your mind and your spirit. But in this text, he breaks it apart. He says, trust in the Lord with all your heart. In this case, it would be spirit with your inner man. I want everybody to just say my inner man. Trust in the Lord with all of your inner man. And then he broke it apart and lean not to your own understanding. Hebrews says it this way. The word of God is quick. It's powerful. It's sharper than any two-edged sword, piercing to dividing asunder of soul and spirit. I was in the shower one morning years ago, and I heard the Spirit of the Lord say just clear to me, for something to be divided, it had to be joined. So there is a joining of the soul and the spirit. But when the Word of God comes, it separates out the Word. You may be having something in your flesh that you're so desiring. I've often used the motorhome as an example of that. Coming down I-4 one day, I'm riding along, and I see this motorhome, and I just looked over, Lord, that's the desire of my heart. And the Spirit of God spoke to me, no, son, that's the desire of your head. There is a difference between your soul and your spirit. Can you say amen? And he made the distinction. Not anything wrong with a motorhome. If you want one and, and you've got the money, great, have one. I'm just saying, all he was saying to me, there's a difference between those two things. And so it's a beautiful thing when you learn to trust God both with your spirit and then you get your mind renewed so that your mind thinks in line with the Word of God. Trust in the Lord with all of your heart. Lean not to your own understanding. God does not want you living your life by what you learned in school. He wants you to learn in school. He wants you to get all the education. I've thought this for years. I want all the education I can get, but I don't want to lean on that. You know, the shelf life of an education today, a college degree, is only about a year. I don't know if you know that. Things are changing so quickly in our world. But the Word of God abides forever. Hallelujah. It doesn't change with the times. It doesn't matter what Wall Street's doing. It doesn't matter what Main Street's doing. It doesn't matter what the politicians are doing. I'm telling you, the Word of God is sure. It'll last and last and last and last and last. When the middle of the night, your mind is under attack, the enemy's coming against you on every side, just keep his peace. Let the peace of God that touches you, let it just keep your heart and mind through Christ Jesus. So he says, trust in him. Every Christian needs to live by faith. Amen. The faith life is the only life for the Christian. Your children get saved by your faith. Your circumstances get changed by your faith. Your relationships. He says, trust him with all of your inner being, every fiber of your being. See, the enemy is always trying to get you over in the mind area. 
He wants to pull you out of faith, get you in his mind where he can put fear against your mind. How many of you know what I mean? But sometimes your mind just gives you a fit. Well, see, with that comes oftentimes fear. But we're not supposed to fear. Jesus said, let not your heart be troubled, neither let it be afraid. Amen. We don't have to live a life of fear. We can trust in the Lord. And do it with all of your being, not just part of it. Jesus said, you shall love the Lord with all of your heart, your mind, and your strength. Every bit of, every bit of you should be loving Jesus. Amen. I'll tell you, I found serving him and loving him the greatest thing that ever happened in my life. I've lived both lives. I know what it was before, and I know what it is after. Hallelujah. And living for Jesus is a wonderful, wonderful thing that all of us get to do. Trust him. Trust him. I don't care what the enemy's doing. I don't care what's going on in your family. I don't care what's going on in your finances. I don't care what's, I do care, but it doesn't matter what's going on in all those areas. I'm telling you there's one greater, bigger, and let me tell you something. It didn't catch him by surprise. He already knew what you needed before everything ever came out about it. Amen? So trust him to this morning. There's people in this room, no doubt, who are struggling with fear, struggling with anxiety, struggling with difficult circumstances. But if you'll just lean back, he cares for you. He said, cast the whole of your care over on the Lord because he cares for you. Point to yourself and say, God cares for me personally. You see, it's easy for you to believe he cares for me. You see me up here preaching, you think he's a good man, a godly man, and you think, well, it's easy for him. No, we're all godly. We've all been washed in the blood. We've all been sanctified by the Spirit of God. Hallelujah. And he loves you just as much as he does anybody else. So one more time, God loves me. Hallelujah. Shout about it and give him praise. And point to somebody. Say, God loves you. Hallelujah. Point to somebody else. Say, God loves you. And then let's just say it all together. God loves us. Hallelujah. God so loved the whole world that he gave his only begotten son, that whoever would believe in him would not perish, but have everlasting life. For God sent not his son into the world to condemn the world, but that the world through him might be saved. Aren't you glad you're saved? And it took faith for you to be saved. And then he goes on and he tells you, in all of your ways, acknowledge him and he will direct your paths. You first trust him, then you acknowledge him. Now, one of the things that acknowledge means, there's a lot of meanings, but one of the greatest is prayer, praying. Acknowledging him through prayer. I want to tell you something. You ought to pray on everything, the little things and the big things. If you learn to take care of the little things, the big things will be easy for you. I think about David before he was ever a king. He's a little shepherd boy. He learned to kill the lion and the bear with faith in God. And now all of a sudden he's faced with the, uh, Goliath, this giant. What is he going to do with him? Do you know what he said? The same God. I want everybody to say same God that helped me say the lion and the bear will help me slay this Philistine also. And he took one stone is all it took. 
Swung it around, but he did it in the name of the Lord. How defy, how dare you defy the armies of the living God? How dare you defy the armies of the living God? The same God. I want everybody to say, same God. Same God that helped me slay the lion and the bear. It's the same God who will help me take the field. And he fell down dead. That's not just a Bible story. It's a true story. Because the word of God is true. Every word is true. In all of your ways, acknowledge him. I don't know about you, but I pray on everything. Do I always get it right? No. But Pat, Brother Pat Robson, before he went to heaven, he used to have a saying. He said, uh, my batting average is getting better all the time. Is your batting average getting better? It, it, it's not something that you're going to get every time perfectly because we're imperfect vessels. The word is perfect. The spirit is perfect, but it's having to flow through in perfect vessels. So we're not any going to get it right all the time. I know this. When I make a mistake, I just run to God. I say, God, my heart was right. My thoughts were right. My, my, my feelings were pure. But, Lord, I just, I'm sorry. I missed it in that. I wasn't sensitive in that area. And I just go right back and pick right up. Trust in the Lord. All of your heart. Lean not on your own understanding. All of your ways acknowledge him. And just trust him to lead my path. Do you know one of the greatest things that I use my faith for is being led of the Holy Spirit? See, for as many as are led by the Spirit, these are the sons of God. What do you mean by that? Your being led by the Spirit is a testimony or a declaration of your sonship. You see, children of God are led by the Spirit of God. You ought to be able to look at my life. I ought to be able to look at your life and see a trend where you just keep following God. Sometimes I've gone to do something and I just knew in my heart, that's not right. Don't do that. Don't you do that. I mean, I'd had to have overridden it to do it. Now, some things aren't as important and you don't get as strong a leading. But there's sometimes when you're really going to make a big mistake. God is going to be big on the inside of you and try to keep you from that harm. He loves us. Point to yourself. Say, God loves me. One more time. And say this, and he cares about me. In all of my ways, I'm going to make it a matter of prayer. I'm not just going to make my own decisions and ask God to bless it. I'm going to ask God, what does he want me to do? Knowing that whatever God wants me to do is already blessed. Hallelujah. This is the confidence we have in him. That if we ask anything according to his will, he hears us. And if he hears us, and he does if it's according to his will, then we have, we're not going to, we already have them. Doesn't mean they're in our possession, but we have those things we've desired of him. We may not have seen them yet, but we have them. Hallelujah. We may not, can go put our fingers on them yet, but we have them. How do we have them? By faith. For faith is the substance of what I hope for, the evidence of what I cannot see. Glory to God. You can't yet see it. If you can already see it, you don't need faith for it. You don't need faith for what you can already see. So you get to walk by faith and not by sight. And then he goes on when he says this. He says, and what he's saying here literally is this. Trust in the Lord with all your heart. Lean not your own understanding. All your ways acknowledge him. He'll direct your path. Depart from evil. Now, one of the things Christians have to understand, and we must all understand it, you won't be blessed while in sin. Your sin may be forgiven. There's a perpetual cleansing. Thank God for that. Thank God for it. But you're not going to get blessed walking in sin. Now, eventually, that sin will judge you. The Bible says if you do that, if you're carnally minded, it's death. Eventually, it's going to lead you to death. 
But there's a, there is a grace period in all of our lives. But I'm going to tell you, when I miss it in thought, word, or deed, I don't run from God. I run to him. Yeah. Hallelujah. See, depart from evil. Depart from it. You know, sometimes the evil tries, just simple things, sometimes get even with somebody. That's evil. How many of you know that? Or hear something bad about somebody that you don't like and you rejoice in it. That's evil. Or somebody gets something from the blessings of God and you envy them for it. That's evil. So there's a lot of ways you can, besides just committing adultery and lying and stealing and all that stuff, we, we know that. That's, but the simple things, the simple things in life, depart from evil, now notice, and do good. It's health to you. Do you know not everybody, but some people are sick because of sin. Not everybody. There's a lot of sickness that's just a part of this world that we're in. Thank God he sent the healer. Aren't you glad for that? He was wounded for my transgression, bruised for my iniquities, chastised my peace was upon him with his stripes. We're healed. Aren't you glad for that? Just shout out loud, I'm healed. Say it this way, by his stripes, I am healed. He was wounded for my transgressions, bruised for my iniquity, the chastisement or the penalty of my peace was put upon him by whose stripes I was healed. If I was, then I am. Come on and thank him and give him praise for it. Depart from evil. Holiness, the Bible says, Hebrews says this, holiness without which no man will see the Lord. Holiness has to be a part and parcel to the lifestyle of the Christian. If you think for one minute that you're going to continue in sin and continue in the blessing of God, I have news for you, they don't cohabit. Sin and blessing do not. If you're willing and obedient, you will eat the good of the land. But if you refuse and rebel, then you eat the bad of the land. Can you say amen? Say this out loud. In my ways, I'm going to acknowledge God. I'm going to depart from evil, and I'm going to do good. Hallelujah. Just give him praise today. Lift up your voices and praise him. And then he says this, and I learned this early in my 20s. I'd seen my mother practice this for years. My mother was a godly woman, a very giving, generous person. But this word honor, honor the Lord with all your substance. So that means everything you have, you honor him with it. I remember years ago, I was in the piano and organ business. And uh, I just, I, I had... I had wanted this particular Hammond organ. It was a specialty organ that I had wanted, and I bought it. And I would go out. Sometimes pastors would invite me to go to their churches and give a businessman's testimony. And I would always really enjoy that. Sometimes we'd take the organ and we'd, we'd uh, have somebody go with me and play and sing. And we'd just, we'd just go in and have church and talk about giving. And, and back then, I wouldn't let them give me an offering because of the fact I was well off as far as good shape. I didn't need any offering, and I wanted to pour into the churches to where they could understand, I'm not here to get an offering. I wouldn't even let them give me one because I wanted them to hear the message, and it was important, but the message was always this. Honor the Lord 
with your substance. So this organ, I had that. I, for years, had wanted this, little, this particular organ. Really, really wanted it. And uh, finally came the day I bought it. I actually was not a Hammond organ dealer. I was a Lowry and Kimball and Yamaha dealer. But I had to go somewhere else to buy it. But I bought it and loved it. But the Lord started dealing with me. I need that in India. I didn't want to hear that. <laughs> There's plenty of Hammond organs go to India. I didn't want mine to go to India. But the Lord kept impressing me with it, impressing me with it. And so I sent it to Dr. Stewart, had a wonderful ministry in India. And uh, he sent me some photos of back then, that's how he communicated. That's 100 years ago, you know. We didn't have all we have today. But he sent me photos of the thousands upon thousands of people who were drawn by the sound of music. And there's so much, it is more blessed to give than it is to receive. See, that wasn't a tithe. I'd already tithed to my church. That's where people's tithes belong, by the way. They don't belong to the TV preacher. Any TV, listen to this, any TV preacher who is encouraging you to send his tithe, your tithes to him is a thief. He's a thief. Because we can go, we can get by without his ministry. You can't get by without the local church. The local church is what's the hope of the world. Can you say amen? Don't get mad at me now. I'm just trying to help you here. Because I believe in both giving. If you've got an offering, you find a ministry you like and you want to send it to, that's great. But your tithe. Now he says this, honor the Lord with your substance. Now listen. And the first fruits of all of your increase. Does that come with a promise? Does it come with a promise? So shall. He didn't say might or could or uh, so shall or absolutely. Your barn shall be filled with plenty. In our case, it's our bank accounts. And our vat shall burst out with new wine. I'm telling you, I learned this secret many years ago. There were times that it was amazing how the Lord would lead me. I remember, and I've shared this. I'm not going to give you numbers today. Well, I will the, the second one, not the first one. But I was at Rama camp meeting. Actually, I was a speaker there. But the Lord had been dealing with me about a big offering from our church. And so I was out there, and, and uh, I, I was willing to do whatever the Lord told me. As a matter of fact, I'd have given more if he told me, but he gave me a specific amount. And it was an amount different than I'd ever given before and the largest that I'd ever given before from our church. And personally, I'd never given anything that big personally and particularly from the church either. But I just kept feeling it and sensing it and I had permission to do that, you know, however the Lord led me. And uh, so anyhow, that night, it was special Thursday night, special offering night for Rama. I planted that seed. It was good soil, and I knew it was good soil. I planted that seed. I hadn't been home very long when I got a call from a couple one day. They wanted to come in and talk to me. They made an appointment to come in. And, and now you have to understand, these are people that we had helped as a church when they were in need. We'd helped them with groceries. But all of a sudden, something had happened for them that they had all this money, 
and they brought a check to the church for $800,000. We took that check and put it in a special account toward this building that you're sitting in right now. I'm telling you, when you see, God wanted to see. He want, when you learn to live like that, see, when you're full of fear, you can't. When you live your life by fear, you can't do that. But when you just live for Him, acknowledge Him, walk in, and don't be a tightwad. You know, I go out with preachers. I saw this years ago, and I'm going to pick on preachers because I am one. I can pick on us. But preachers have the most to say about giving and are the cheapest people I've ever been around sometimes. They're always looking for what you can give them. I look for what I can give to somebody else. I'm telling you, it's the joy is in giving. It's not in receiving. If we go out to eat, I don't want you to buy my meal. I want to buy your meal. I'm just telling you, we can live like that. It's freely you have received, freely give. And if you learn the joy of giving, it is much more blessed to give than it is to receive. Now, you're not shouting as good as I'm preaching on this subject right here. No, it's just a way of living your lifestyle. Just living a simple lifestyle. I was out the other night with two of my boys for pizza. Now, you're going to think this is awful what I'm getting ready to tell you, but it's been the greatest little blessing. Have you ever stumbled into your bathroom at night and you can't see a thing? Anybody? You know, hit the wall, you hit everything, you stump your foot, you just stumble all around, it's dark. Well, one of my sons brought me a little gift. You put it right in the bowl, and when you walk up close to it, it brightens right up and lightens up. What a gift that is. I'm getting on from old age. It doesn't matter anymore. Come on, lift your hands up and give him praise today. The joy of the Lord is my strength. Can you say amen? You see, when we live by the word, if you start out these verses in verse 1, my son, forget not my teaching, but let your heart keep my commandments. Hope it didn't make y'all mad. If it did, I'm so sorry. No, he's going up here to sing. I know what he's doing. But he says, let your heart keep his commandments. For in them there's life and peace and health and joy. It's such a joy to honor God and to walk with him. You know, getting up every morning, I, I can tell you this. I don't know what God's going to do tomorrow, but I'm expecting him to do something. What if he doesn't do it tomorrow? When I get up Tuesday morning, I don't know what he's going to do Tuesday morning, but I'm expecting him to do something. What happens if he doesn't do anything Monday and Tuesday? Then I'm going to get up Wednesday morning, and I'm going to expect him to do something. Live with a state of expectancy all the time. He may bring you across somebody you get to stop and pray for. And that which is in you, the Spirit of the Lord flows out into them and can make them whole. Or you meet somebody who's going through a challenge. And all of a sudden, you have just the right word in the right season. I remember one time, one of my pastors, I didn't have very many, three growing up, but, um, uh, you know, that I, that I had such a good relationship with. 
But this one pastor asked me, it's when B and I lived in Winter Haven. We had a store, a music store in Winter Haven, one over here in Lakeland. And at the time we lived over there, we'd expanded that store. And um, it, it was just amazing how that the pastor asked me, he said, look, we got this man that's really, this gentleman that's really upset at the church. Will you go out with him and see if you can talk to him? And I appreciate the pastor trusting me to be able to do that, and I did that. I went out with him, and after about 30 minutes of listening to him, I thought that the church was terrible. <laughs> now, you know what I mean. Somebody makes something look really bad. They really can make things. They don't tell half the truth half the time and just make it, put the spin they want on it, kind of likes the political season right now. <laughs> Not going there either. God be have books running. <laughs> But I'm sitting there with this man, and all of a sudden in here, I want you to point right in here. See, this is where God speaks. The enemy speaks from out there. God speaks from your heart, and it comes up to your mind. Sitting there, listening to this man, the Spirit of God said to me, you can be a part of the answer, or you can be part of the problem. And all of a sudden, I knew what he was saying. This man is going to make you part of the problem. But that pastor asked you to come to be a part of the answer. And so I face everything. I can be a part of the problem or I can be a part of the answer. Hallelujah. And I don't know about you, but I want to be part of the answer. I want God to be able to say, Reggie, you stuck up for me in life and I appreciate it. Enter into the joy that I have for you. You will never hear me blaming God. Even when there's things I've not understood. Even when I've not seen God come through at times when I thought he should. He always did. He just hadn't yet. And sometimes you start having a tendency to doubt God. You know how it is. He's never forsaken me. David said this way, I've never. I want you to say never, never, never. I've never seen the righteous forsaken, nor his seed begging bread. God says, I've never. David said, under the Spirit of God, I've never seen the righteous forsaken. So I'm looking at you. You will not be forsaken. You will not be forsaken. You will not be forsaken. How do you know? Because God said, I've never seen the righteous forsaken, nor his seed begging bread. It doesn't mean you're not going to have a need. It doesn't mean you're going to have a few times you're going to see things lean. But God is for you, and he's going to work on your behalf, and he's going to give to you. He's going to open up doors wide before you, and you're going to walk and rejoice and be glad and praise him and give thanks for him, for the Lord is good, and his mercy endures forever. Hallelujah. Come on and shout and give him praise. Shout out loud, real high. Stand up, everybody, and shout. Shout unto the Lord with the voice of triumph. Hallelujah. Put your hand over on somebody's shoulder. Say these words with me. I pray right now for the person I'm touching in the name of Jesus that their life will learn trust to trust the Lord with all of their heart and lean not on their own understanding, but in all of their ways, they will acknowledge him. And Lord, you will, you will, you shall direct their paths. I thank you, Father, that they depart from evil and they do good. So that it'll be health to them and blessing to them. And Lord, cause them, cause the spirit of honor to come on them, that they'll honor you with all their substance and the first fruits, not the last, but the first fruits of all their increase.
so that you can promise them. Their barns will be filled with plenty. Their presses will burst out with new wine. And now notice, it goes on to say, despise not the correction of the Lord. For whom the Lord loves, He corrects, even as a father in whom He delights. And then the word also says in the new covenant, no correction for the present seemed to be joyous, rather grievous. Yet when it is finished, it yields the peaceable fruit of righteousness.